0: This week's episode of Stinkcast. Today I'm joined by Julia Jaskolska. So, Julia is a full time University of Leeds student, as well as being a content creator, very active on Instagram with 80,000 followers. Um, She talks to us a little bit about her journey, the different platforms that she's operated on, uh, the term influencer, and how she feels about that. She also talks to us about her work with mental health awareness and how she promotes that as a cause on her platforms and a bit about her own journey there. Uh, She also discusses with us some of the different platforms that are turning up now, how you can become relevant on those platforms. So tune in for a really interesting episode. Hello and welcome back to the StinkCast. Uh, Today we're joined by Julia. Rather than me trying to uh, describe exactly what she's up to at the moment, I'm going to pass it over and get her to give you a brief introduction.
1: Alright, so hi guys. Uh, my name is Julia Jaskulska. I am a third year student at Uni of Leeds and um, I am a content creator on Instagram and you may know me as HTTP Julia over there as well
0: nice amazing and so one of the reasons as well that I think it's good to hand it over to you because a lot of the time there's a question around you know would you consider yourself an influencer or a content creator Mm. how how would you describe yourself so you've said content creator there would you consider yeah as well
1: um it it really depends because it's like at one point it's like influencer has so many bad connotations And it's not a bad word, but it's just what it's um, kind of associated with as in like, oh, we promote teeth whitening and like um, everything that we do is kind of like artificial and it doesn't have any like real presence. And it's also a job that's very stigmatized. So I just prefer to go by content creator simply because it doesn't have that many bad connotations. And um, yeah, but a lot of people do say I'm an influencer but I'd just rather stay away from that as much as I can just simply because I don't want to have that kind of bad connotation if like for example there was this one moment where um I was over age obviously I was 19 maybe at this point and I was in uni and I had a pint of beer and I put it on my store and someone tried to um well, they did, they made a YouTube video about how I'm influencing um, alcohol abuse to a younger audience. <laughs> and they were like, influence Julia Jaskinska, and I was like, oh God, no. So.
0: But I think that's a really interesting idea that you mentioned that. The idea of being an influencer kind of goes hand in hand with maybe people perceiving you as a role model. Um, yeah. Which is kind of dangerous, because it's not a title that many people actually say they want it, it gets kind of thrust upon mm. them. Um, So would you say you would change the stuff that you put online? Are you quite aware of what you're putting on there because of the audience that might be viewing it?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, obviously, that's why we've got, like, close friends and stuff like that, just so, for example, if you're having, like, I don't know, a bad mental health day, you might not want to put that out there for everyone to see, but at the same time, you do want to reach out to your friends, stuff like that, so you do have to be very mindful of what, you obviously put on so like I for example would never put on I don't know like me throwing up or something from like too much alcohol consumption like I would never kind of cross my mind because I do know that I have a um, young audience as well and obviously even if I don't want that responsibility I do have it and I have Mm -hmm. to be aware of that because I can and that obviously I do influence people. I influence them in their uni choice and what they wear, like how they act, like mental health and all that stuff. Like I do influence people, even if I don't want to, and that's not my goal, I do do it. So yeah.
0: I think you were, something that you said there that was really interesting is, so I wouldn't worry massively about, it. if I put something on Instagram from a night out, I know it's just yeah. my close friends seeing it. But for you, do you have a separate account that would be for close friends or is it all on on the one account that you have?
1: Um, it's all on one account. Um simply because uh, I used to be more active on Instagram, but I'm not really active as much as I used to be, simply because I'm I have uni. I have so much work to do. And um I'm a waitress as well and I do Depop and it's just I've got a lot of stuff going on. So I used to have a separate account, but that. that was like years ago because I had the time for it, but now literally most of um, the stuff that I post is just straight onto my Instagram. Like for example, today I had a mental breakdown because my uh, tutor didn't come in for uh, my seminar and I was just posting really funny videos of like me and uni onto my like main story of me like pretending to fight a shadow and like that would usually go on my close friends but I'm like nah. I'm like this is funny, I'm gonna post that there but I would never do like it's, I I don't know how to describe it. It's just yeah.
0: So Do you feel there's potentially <laughs> kind of um a, an internet persona that you have that you put out there that's different to yeah. how your close friends would know you?
1: Um yeah, mostly because um obviously you don't want to like Instagram for example, and like social media. You go on social media to enjoy yourself. Like you go. And you know, look at podcasts because you want to find out stuff. You go on Instagram because you want to get inspired or you want to find new clothes or like find new recipes. And it's like, I don't want to be on my Instagram, for example, and like crying because it's like, I, I understand that everyone's got their own problems. And if you're going on social media, you're in a way trying to escape that. And obviously, by me, for example, crying on my Instagram stories, it's not going to help anyone. Um, and it's, you know, it's not going to make anyone feel better. So obviously, for example, if I've got bad days, I won't really post on Instagram about it. I'll just, you know, talk to my friends or like put a close friend's story up about like, who wants to go for a pint with me? Like that kind of thing. So, I guess yeah. it's, it's
0: interesting that... um a lot of what people would say about social media people put the best parts of their life up so other people can mm. then see it think get an unrealistic expectation of what it's yeah. like to be an influencer or a content producer um so sometimes there's a there's a risk in both by not putting up the bad bits but then also by putting up the bad bits you don't want to
1: mm.
0: you know make people sad when they look at it um yeah. so, so i guess it's a bit of a tight ro- rope to walk in terms of the content that you're putting up
1: yeah yeah so like how I kind of deal with that is, um, I talk about mental health quite a lot. So, um, nearly most of my followers know, um, that I openly go to therapy. I openly talk about mental health and, um, you know, I don't shy away from that. And when they see that, Oh my God, like what, like, for example, like they'll look at my Instagram, Oh my God, like this girl, she like, has all this amazing stuff. Like, Oh wow. Her life is so good. But then you know I'll post something the next day being like like just remember guys like speak up about mental health everybody has a mental well not everybody but most people that you know have some kind of struggles that they're going through or you know they are going to therapy or they are just sad for example and I kind of like to do a little bit of both but instead of kind of like crying about how bad my life is or you know how Uh, difficult my life has been I always try and spin that into like a mental health kind of um like reach out to your friends you know like just because something looks a certain way on Instagram or on YouTube doesn't mean that it's you know how they actually are feeling at that moment so yeah you know you might see someone like smiling but you know sometimes it's all kind of just a persona, but you have to obviously kind of um balance it so
0: it's interesting because yeah. um something you mentioned earlier as well was uh you, you didn't want to promote um i can't remember this before or after we started rolling, but like white teeth the, the teeth whitening and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, and I know another big one was these quick diet pills that you'd see everywhere that you'd have celebrities posting yeah, yeah, yeah. so there is that danger that, you know, have you been approached by companies that want you to promote these products that you disagree oh with? Oh my
1: God, yeah. So um, as a lot of my followers know, I had a really bad eating disorder. Um, I've, I've recovered now, so I'm fine. But um, I had anorexia binge bird type and um, it was so bad that they wanted to put me in an inpatient unit, which means I would be going back a year Uh, well it would be basically two years of sixth form so I wouldn't be able to go to uni because I would be in the inpatient unit and um when so basically I didn't tell my parents uh one of my friends did and that's kind of how everybody else found out on social media because I had a moment being like like who just told this like oh wow but then I'm finally getting help and I just remember how um when I was in recovery and like, you know, recovering from an eating disorder, I would constantly get approached by fitness, um, you know, like weight loss pills or like this protein, that protein, this, like um going on this personal trainer that's like online for 28 days, like promote this and you'll get like, I don't know, for example, like 1.5 thousand pounds. And obviously at this point, my audience knows that I am recovering from an eating disorder so it's just it's just difficult to understand how you know I would be able to promote such a thing without having a guilty conscience because in my opinion if people do kind of promote those things online they know exactly what they are kind of insinuating by that you know like obviously they probably have been on a diet they have kind of endured some kind of eating disorder culture one way or another counting calories not eating after 8 pm and then it's promoting that kind of lifestyle to young impressionable teens who you know many of them might struggle with an eating disorder and see that oh my god like they're famous and like oh wow one of my i don't know idols is promoting this and uh you know these pills are going to help me get skinny and all that. It's just, I just would feel like so guilty to kind of enforce that because I have been on the receiving end of that, but I have also been in the industry which promotes that.
0: So So do you you feel that, um, say, when you were younger and you were having those problems with an eating disorder, were you being affected by the stuff that you were seeing on Instagram?
1: Yes, 100%, 100%. And you never kind of want to admit that, but it's just part of Instagram.
0: It's quite surprising as well that people within the industry, so people whose job it would be to find you and approach you and ask you to do things, would do so little research. Well, do you think it's Mm. that they did so little research that they were willing to approach someone that had an eating disorder to promote those products? Or do you think they just didn't care, even if they'd seen it?
1: I just don't think there is enough research. Like... You get to this point where you'll have like random brands that they're not your style at all. It's like I don't know um, gym stuff, and like they'll ask you to promote them, and it's like, have you even looked at my demographic? Have you looked at my Instagram? Like I'm not a fitness account. Why would I willingly work with you if it's not something that I'm interested in? But I feel like it's not the company's fault. But it is the kind of um, the people that reach out to influencers and content creators because I don't feel like they do enough research on the people that they're trying to get to promote their stuff.
0: And I think you mentioned uh, another situation on the topic of um, kind of questionable practices within that industry. So... Uh, obviously one of the biggest things at the moment love island or maybe a couple of years Mm. ago at least um so you had a story didn't you where somebody had yeah yeah
1: so um it was a year ago now like a year and a half ago so last year's love island that was what they wanted me on with like molly may and i don't know the others i don't watch it as (laughs) you probably can tell because i have no idea what love island is about but um Yeah, I got approached by a Love Island scout. And um, I have been with my boyfriend now for three and a half years nearly. And I just remember, like, every week or, like, every two weeks, he would message me or, like, email me or call me, being like, so, are you thinking about Love Island? Are you thinking about Love Island? Are you going to be breaking up with your boyfriend anytime soon? Are you still with your boyfriend? And, like, I do understand it's their job. But at the same time, I told him that it's not really my thing because I just it's that's not kind of the creator that I want to be because obviously once again as soon as um many of the contestants leave all that they start to promote is you know teeth whitening and um body skinny pills diet this diet that Mm. and I just knew that if I would go on Love Island, that's exactly where I would end up in. Even if I didn't want to, my management team probably, or I don't know whoever manages them, but they make a lot of the decisions for them as well. So I wouldn't. Un- I would know that maybe sometimes I would be promoting stuff that I actually don't even want to promote. I mean, so, yeah,
0: it makes to hear the stories as well after love island there's a couple of recent stories about tragic suicides that yeah, have been following yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and to hear about Definitely. some of the practices that go on within the industry messaging people and saying to them do you want to break up with your boyfriend to go on the program well you then have to deal with the ramifications that if you were someone who said yes yeah. to that and then they left and it wasn't as fulfilling as they thought it might be
1: mm.
0: so it, it seems like quite a dangerous practice really
1: it definitely is and obviously you have like um before you get into the program you'll have loads of like tests just to see if you're like mentally okay <coughs> sorry uh, it's dangerous to cough
0: nowadays and this isn't this current yeah, column, I know I'm like mate cough. I'm oh, in my yeah. own
1: room and I'm just like oh you're lucky over. if there have
0: been know. two more coughs there I would have turned it off about <laughs> you're right
1: just in case yeah. just in case but um like that's Also, the thing with like reality TV, I feel like people are just thrown into it and they are not prepared, and you get so much hate. Like, I have had hate, but on a very low scale. Like, these people that go on these shows and come out, they were literally like normal people with normal jobs. They go on reality TV and they are just thrown into the spotlight and they are expected to handle all of this you know hate, this criticism by themselves and they don't get that support and even if you know they have all these tests to see if you're like mentally well and all that stuff it can deteriorate so quickly especially when you are just thrown out with no therapist no psychiatrist nothing to help you you know get back into normal life after a show like that it it definitely ruins lives and you know that's why two of the previous contestants have unfortunately passed away because it is so difficult to you know be in that situation and be in their shoes
0: And I think people, so something that we've seen as a common theme through some of the people we've interviewed is if you put yourself online, even if it's completely unrelated to, um, you know, your looks, for instance, you're selling something Mm. on Depop, the amount of hate and the amount of horrible comments that you get, people feel almost entitled. If you've put it online, therefore, they are entitled to part of you. Um, But what's really interesting is your start in um kind of having this online um content creator and personality it, it was actually uh, accidental wasn't it you didn't try yeah. to make that happen yeah
1: it was um yeah so I've always kind of had a weird and wacky fashion sense and um back when like 2014 grunge tumble was in like that was my era like arctic monkeys the neighborhood like that was me and um you know I was pasting with my like denim jacket and my black ripped jeans and I had my fish over on my docks and I remember just posting photos and um, I was just posting because I enjoyed what I was wearing and I really wanted other people to kind of like see what I was wearing was like oh my god look at this outfit and then there was just this one time where um, one of my photos just accidentally went viral on Tumblr and then that was kind of when I started to gain like followers but it was like at that point it was like a photo of me with like pink hair and then there was another photo of me with like a proper grunge outfit that like went viral on that grunge kind of scene and then um my first brand got in contact with me and then that brand literally well it was my photo but the pants that I was wearing from that brand kind of made me blow up and um a lot of um, brands <laughs> like AliExpress, eBay, like Amazon, um, you know, online stores, they use my photo to promote their kind of outfits oh. without realizing that it's me and it's definitely not what, it's definitely not the pants that I was wearing because the pants that I was wearing were from MIT, but it was it was just funny because at that point, that's when I started growing, and then, yeah, it just started i just started gaining and i was like all right then i could make this work like i have i have a pretty cool sense of style and it's not very basic so i could just make something out of it and i did and i was like all right then i'm a businesswoman."
0: <laughs> so how did you what were your um what were your next steps after you so to get from there when you got the bit of traction how did you take advantage of that and turn it into something a lot bigger
1: um, so it was mostly, at, well, at that point, if a brand would message me, I would first just look over what they would have. And if it would fit with my kind of aesthetic at that time, I would um take that collab and it's always like nearly always gifting. So they would never really pay you because you are like such a small kind of uh, content creator at that point. So they wouldn't really pay you, but that's kind of how I started building myself up by accepting these offers only if I actually enjoyed the clothes. And um, yeah, that's that's it. I was literally working in Domino's because it was. It, I went viral when I was in sixth form, so I was working in Domino's for three pounds sixty or four pounds twenty an hour because it was the minimum wage for a sixteen-year-old. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So like when I was, um, when I would make some money from Domino's, I remember just going on Depot and like finding really cute outfits that I could get for like really cheap. And yeah, um, that was basically it. It was very, it was just kind of a, like when I was, when I started realizing that, wow, I can make something out of it. I was just like grabbing it all by the like, mm. head and I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I have this opportunity. If I let it go now, I probably won't be able to do anything with it. So, yeah.
0: And is that something that um, you see continuing? So doing your degree at the moment, do you see this always Mm. being part of your life um, with the the social media side?
1: Um, I really, I really enjoy social media. I, um, I love to create content. I love to post things. I love to make videos and stuff like that so even though i am doing my degree right now um i do want to carry on with social media one way or another um one one thing that i'm definitely planning is after uni after i finish my uni um course completely i want to start my youtube again because Mm -hmm. i made youtube like four years ago i think and i posted like three videos on it and i was like yes this is it this is it and i was i remember getting my first like 10,000 views on a video and i was like this is it Mum. i made it <laughs> and um since then it's actually been like what like two years maybe and i've just completely abandoned youtube because um i just have no time i'm very busy and uh yeah but that's definitely something that i want to start up again and yeah, I just kind of want to expand into. Creating.
0: Do you ever feel, do you ever feel that um, with so many different platforms out there? So, you know, you can even LinkedIn has influences now, for instance.
1: Yeah. Do they?
0: But, <laughs> I think, yeah, you can be LinkedIn influencers. Yeah. Um, if you cool. work in recruitment and you don't like it, you spend half your time pretending to work while actually being on LinkedIn. And there's loads of these like LinkedIn. <laughs> it's a very strange world. I don't know if they're getting paid or what the hustle is, but it's interesting. Um, so there's so many different platforms to choose from. And, you know social media moves so quickly snapchat suddenly yeah. th- and then it starts to disappear do you ever worry about maybe investing in the wrong platform and how do you choose which platforms to yeah invest in?
1: yeah definitely um so for example tiktok it's being banned in um the us i think um you know YouTube, the apocalypse, like that's going downhill as well because of that. Snapchat, I don't know anyone that uses Snapchat really. Facebook, same thing. Instagram is definitely going downhill as well. Um, so it's very difficult to know what you should actually invest in. And, you know, spreading yourself out too thin is not going to help you because it, you're not going to be able to, you know, kind of blow up or gain more followers if you're, spreading yourself out way too thin and just posting like once a month on like tiktok i don't know instagram youtube and all that stuff like it's not going to help you grow even if you think it might help you but, so if you see um, something
0: like tiktok pop up and you're already so you know you've got 80 90, followers on instagram mm-hmm. which i would agree seems to be going in not the greatest direction you see tiktok mm-hmm. spread uh, pop up do you just suddenly invest in that or do you suddenly put things on there or
1: Um so I have a TikTok but once again like I'm I never go out to like make a viral video or anything like literally I have four five TikToks and it's all me just taking the piss out of something (laughs) and it's like three videos well two videos went viral and literally one of them is just a pov of me pretending to sit next to you in class and i listen to Arctic Monkeys and i have a tennis skirt on like it's always like my kind of content even though it's all fashion i have a uh, very i'm very weird i'm very <laughs> so i just i think like tiktok is just the perfect place to kind of showcase that and so um, you know, my TikTok is definitely not there for me to blow up. My TikTok is there just to come up like once every like five months, post something and just leave and then yeah.
0: So. Well if you get if you're what is that, two out of five, my math is terrible. Is that forty percent viral videos? If you can do that a couple uh, months, then, you're, yeah, then you're right on it, it, it was
1: like One of them has nearly 800,000 views and it's got like 200,000 likes or something like
0: that. I think it's
1: really funny.
0: What would you say (laughs) as someone who seems to have a habit of like accidentally going viral, even from like the start of uh, your career, um, what would you say is your advice to somebody that did want to potentially get involved in that to to take Um, off?
1: Definitely just be yourself. Like there's so much, it's such a saturated field already. Like, just being the next, I don't know, beauty influencer or, you know, a makeup influencer, you just kind of have to have originality. But at the same time, don't force it. Like, I have seen a lot of people in this field who pretend to be someone that they're not online, and then, you know, a lot of people start finding out that what they've been posting and, like, how they've been acting is completely different to them in real life and it does you know bite them back in the ass basically so yeah definitely just originality and just being yourself you know it is so saturated we do need kind of a break from that and I feel like that's definitely something that's necessary in such a field as well so
0: Definitely amazing. I think be yourself and be original is pretty good advice. yeah uh, you can take that, not even if you're just trying to be an influencer, I reckon you can Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Amazing. Um just want to say obviously a huge thank you for joining us. I think we're kind of just out of time there. Um but yeah, thank you very much. I'm gonna go check out some of thank these viral you. videos as well, and we'll shove some links down.
1: <laughs> Mate, you better look at one of them and be like, Right, yeah, this is how you got famous that like one time in 2014, and now all you're doing is just taking the piss out yourself. Yeah, all right.